I'm Tim Gombas, and this is Faith Improvised. It's a podcast where I can think out loud and talk with friends about things that interest me. Books, films, sports, music, culture, politics, the wonders and complexities of being Christian in this world, and my academic discipline, biblical studies. You're welcome to email me if you like at faithimprovised at gmail.com. In this episode, Steve and I talk about our intellectual trajectories over the last 25 years and the trauma involved in personal transformation. So last Sunday, while Steve and I were watching football and we were chatting with his partner, Allison, she asked some questions about the courses of our lives over the last 25 years and the course of our friendship over that time. That led to an interesting conversation and the recalling of a handful of turning points several decades ago that I hadn't thought about much. I chewed on that conversation quite a bit over the subsequent few days. And for this episode, I wanted to press in on some of those things a bit. When I began this podcast a few years ago, I had no idea of what sort of audience it would generate and didn't really give that any thought, actually. But I've heard from a bunch of people who are going through a period of revision or transformation in their understanding of their Christian identity. So along with just wanting to talk a bit more with Steve about our previous conversation, I thought that reflecting on the challenges that go along with profoundly revising one's conception of Christian faith and one's Christian identity would have some relevance to others as well. As always, enjoy. So I was thinking this morning about um, about our patron saint, Larry David. <laughs> I was just thinking about him. Uh, was watching a couple of clips yesterday while I was having lunch, but then also um, this morning, um, and kind of thinking back to um, reasons why we think he's so compelling and so funny. Hmm. And um, I just I remember you mentioning. It's it's uh it's just like it's he just does everything yeah. that you wish you could do. He says yep. everything that you wish you could say. And, and that um, you think all the time. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I it just goes, think it's hilarious. It goes along with Anne Lamott's re- rejoinder that God's greatest gift to us is that nobody can read our minds. Jeez, oh, totally, man. <laughs> you think about that. That is pretty profound. I know. But he just blurts it out. Totally. He, you're going to hear what he's thinking, and that is just absolutely hysterical. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But um, I was thinking about it in terms also of um, uh, because for me, it's like a it's it's constantly a, an a, a new thought for me it's constantly a new feeling for me um getting in touch with uh like my my desires and what i want um and to um like having just lived so long according to some other agenda um, right that it's like it's to to return to that um i mean my sister was in town here the other day and i just was kind of recounting some things for her um did I tell you we went to Lemu? No, you didn't. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Did she like it? Oh, she loved it. Yeah, it's pretty. Oh my groovy God, place. Like, yeah, I had uh, seafood uh, eggs Benedict. Oh, nice, it was awesome. It was just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that's anyway. a great place. Um, okay. Oh yeah. So I, in the conversation with her, I was telling her about um, 
about having arrived at what I want and what I don't want and having learned to, uh, val- mm. to value that and to feel validated um, sort of getting in touch with that. So And, and so um, when I was pondering Larry David, the thought just struck me. He says things uh, that people would want to say. And like actually the real Larry David, right. that's not how he actually is. I mean, but like he's... Right portraying a character that he wants to be yeah exactly and so i just was thinking about how um anyway the thought just struck me as new and it's like a relief and a refreshment that you can um that it, that's a good thing to actually get in touch with desires and what you want and that um uh that that's important pursuing what you want yeah. and pursuing happiness and contentment yeah he's, page, he's yeah, a patron but- saint of this season of the podcast yeah, right, right. I, I was thinking maybe in a in a future episode too, we might talk about the place of humor in happiness. Oh yeah, um, it's so huge. It's such a big category. I was yeah. watching that Nate um, Bargazzi. But, but, yeah, yeah, the opening I, monologue. It was unbelievable, and it was just, it, like I, I was thinking about how funny it was. I was just laughing my ass off. The yeah. SNL. If you haven't seen it, you should see it. It's 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 on YouTube. The SNL opening monologue. Yeah. And he uh, he just says the most common things, but points out the absurdity, like yeah. that orangutan that punched people. Like, oh my say. gosh, I came it's apart hilarious. thinking about that. Oh, it's totally yeah. hilarious. Yeah. I know. I was thinking the same thing, and the way he just stood there with his arms drooping down. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. Exactly. He's like, "Damn, that was before the internet, so we didn't, we couldn't Google how strong a orangutan." <laughs> it's like, but he had skinny arms. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah well, that came from, from somewhere. <laughs> just crazy. Yeah, orangutan. Oh, so funny. Off. I know. It's just funny stuff like that. And, and and how to, and, and and laughing at the past and how yeah. society really has changed. They shut down that stuff. I remember a buddy. A SEAL buddy of mine, one of my best friends who sadly was killed in 2000, Brad. Shout out to Brad. Um, he he was talking about, he had his rolling, crying, laughing, talking about how he went to a county fair. Oh, my word. And his dad paid for him to get in and wrestle a black bear. Oh, my God. <laughs> Caesar the bear. He goes, man, that thing just threw me like a rag doll. Holy crap. That's so like, dangerous. What were we thinking back in those days? <laughs> what were we thinking? Oh. Yeah. Wild animal that's immensely that's powerful. So but anyway. Just, I know. <laughs> I mean, you think about all those accounts of like people had <laughs> people have their have monkeys for pets, and they end up like yeah. chewing their face off. In <laughs> his face, it's insane what humans it is are insane. Of. It's it is like nuts, what, what are who are really the smart animals? Right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, failed species, but yeah, that's so bananas. I, I thought yeah. that was so funny. Uh, it me. Yeah, it that was really me. good. But I, yeah, the I was thinking also about that point of when he was saying everything now is so future. Yeah, you know, yeah, and it just seems like an age ago, but like yeah. pre-internet or like when you just you know if you wanted to, um, yeah, you know, like I just told you. Uh, well, oh, that's supposed to be a surprise. I'll keep it. Uh, like when you were going to research something, I, I I remember putting a trip, an international trip together. Back in the nineties, like how did I do yeah. it? It was before the internet. I'm like, how did I how did I find these places? Uh, I don't even yeah. remember. 
Yeah. I have no idea. I've, I've thought about that a lot. My dad, we'd go on a family vacation and he'd get these AAA triptychs. Yeah. It would be like a map, a flip up map. And they yeah. do it all for you. But it, that was about the closest thing. But it was still, you know, it's it's not like you're your Google maps, just taking you, telling you every little step. Yeah. It's nope. pretty bizarre. He said, he said, I, I feel like I have more in common with the Puritans than I do. Oh, I know my, my children's generation. Oh, it's bananas, man. Yeah. It's so funny. I just remember like the first thing that you did when you moved to LA is you went out and got a Thomas guide. You know, remember yeah. those big books? Yeah, the Thomas map guides. They were the ultimate. <laughs> you were you could find, nobody you could find you anything animal. anywhere. But yeah. you had, yeah, you had to like, you know, you had to have like a um, a co-pilot, you know, going through oh. all the, trying to navigate everything. It's really nice Because LA is so vast. For the, if never been there and driven in it, it that the, the thing was like 200 pages. That oh, I know. Thomas it was, I mean, it was like an inch thick. Oh, yeah. And now we that, all carry these phones around telling us where to yeah. go. It's just really funny. Oh, it is, man. Anyway. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed that. that I thought that was fantastic. I just love his delivery. He's just so oh, understated yeah. and just so yeah. plain. You know, he's perfect. Yeah, yeah. And he did. He, well, I'm sure he's capable of it, but he doesn't have to get crazy raunchy to just be completely hysterical. Yeah, totally. It was just common stuff he was throwing out. That it's just, it's just a hoot. But we yeah. got a scene when he comes to Lexington. Yeah, that'd be fun next year. I yeah, totally want to do that. Yeah, I would have loved to have gone to that Sedaris thing. But it yeah. just felt like at the time, I just felt like everything was chaotic. Yeah. I didn't know what was which way it was up or what was going to be happening, but yeah, things are rounding into shape nicely. Yeah. Anyway, I was thinking about um, our conversation Sunday when Allison was asking us mm. both. I just thought that was really interesting, and I've been kind of thinking about that, uh, like what went into our transformation. It just was funny to actually tell her. If you knew us 25 years ago, you would not you would yeah. not recognize us at all. And no, it's it's funny bit. because it's like I wouldn't recognize myself right, right. now. I'd be right. shocked. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's just interesting like um talking about um I I, I didn't think about this all the all this all that much until someone asked me about it <clears throat> um a couple years ago. Uh, Mike Erie asked me about this, about um, you know what I thought about deconstruction or people deconstructing their faith and all that kind of thing. I just hadn't thought about it much. And yeah. um, um, I've had uh, one of the things I think is interesting is to just remember how lonely of a journey that is. Uh, oh, yeah. But it's so it's what's interesting now is that it's so pervasive. It's so commonplace. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And. um I just had not really thought a lot about that journey, um, about the sort of the transformation, like starting in 97 when you and I met and mm-hmm. um, kind of pulling things apart. Um, I think there's some senses in which I feel lucky uh, in this whole journey over the last 26 years uh, to have had a conversation partner. Mm-hmm. Um and I never, I never expected it. I never, you know what I mean? It's not anything yeah. that I, I was like, hey, I'm going to go through a faith transformation and pull my whole right. way of thinking and my entire imagination is going to go through an overhaul. Yeah. Yeah. Are you up for that? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but it just exactly. was in, it was interesting over the last couple of days to reflect back on that conversation and to think mm. about pivotal moments and then to also reckon with how traumatizing oh, it yeah. can be and how traumatizing it was and how painful. Yeah. I mean, I just yep. wonder about like I've tried to think about like what were some of the dimensions of the trauma. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, me too. Uh Yes, yeah, well, uh, just tangentially, that's what's been um, really interesting in going back and reading my journals from those years. Yeah. Because I see myself, and it, it's like you say, there's an unrecognizability to who I was. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, I can't believe I thought that way. I can't believe I talked that way. Uh, but yeah. I did. And um, it's it's a part of me. It's, you know, it's, it's my journey. I want to be honest about it, but I don't want to... I'm going to be hard on myself about it. I just, yeah, it's, it's incredible to see, but, um, yeah, it's yeah, a big think, deal I to think... relate to that person and to regard mm-hmm. that person with like immense compassion. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 Well said. I, uh, I think a big one for me going through our journey, I mean, our hours, the Royal hour, um, uh, my journey is, uh, a lot of disillusionment, um, mm-hmm. from, I don't know. Life just failed to explain a lot uh, in the framework that I was thinking. Um, People, other people uh, failed and became uh, almost ridiculous at times, who I took seriously. Um, And um, and, yeah, that disillusionment, it almost, almost is a form of despair because... It's almost like you want to guard yourself against hope. If you've been hoping about these categories yeah. that you think are going to be good and right and work, you know, actually help. Um, a big one for me was prayer. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not knocking prayer. I, I, I don't pray anymore. But uh, to be frank, um, I because it, I, I, I took it se- really seriously. Like mm-hmm. I, you know me, man. If I, it's worth doing. It's overdoing. Moderation is for cowards. Like that, if I set my sights on something in life, I'm gonna just go after it with wild abandon. Mm-hmm. And I did that with prayer. And you know, like an hour a day, like we were taught in seminary, yeah. an hour a day on my knees, and nothing ever happened. I got about a fifty-fifty return for my prayers. Yeah. Oh, great. And um, and I wasn't praying to get rich or drive a maserati or be mr big i was praying for people who were broken and hurting and sometimes they ended up in committing suicide sometimes Mm -hmm. they ended up dying of terrible diseases um and i was just like what's really going on here why am i doing this if if it's Mm -hmm. not working it's not helping um so i mean i'm just being honest so (laughs) You know, and not not knocking anybody that believes in the power of prayer and all that. That's that's awesome. I, I think some of it may just be positive thinking, but you know, I've asked people who believe in it. And I'm like, well, what about this? And they're like, well, God works in mysterious ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just pointed out a complete glaring contradiction. And but yeah, so st- disillusionment. Um, some of the stuff I really believed in and hoped in and thought this is good and this is going to make a better world turned out to not be the case and that leads to it can lead to a despair because like you when you get wounded about things you've really believed in and taken seriously then you kind of want to put up walls and go ah i I don't want to get hopeful about stuff now you can overcome that too i I think 
I've overcome that too, to a degree, but I think I'm a lot more realistic about not, we've talked about this in some past episodes, not, you know, getting predictive or thinking you got it all figured out or thinking that you've got a way that's going to prevent suffering because man, cancer wards are filled with people who are good people. Yeah. (laughs) Good, loving, honest people. And, and then there's jackass evil people who are doing just fine with no cancer. So yeah, it's just really gets messy. So disillusionment was a big one for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's painful. Like I, um, I mean, as I was thinking back, um, when Allison was kind of pressing, like what were some of the pivotal turning points? Mm. Um, for me, it was, um, yeah, I I guess, I mean, I, I was in my mid twenties. I was like 25, 26, 27. Hmm. Um, when I began, I mean, I not, and I'm like, and I'm not, I'm naive. You know, I'm such a, I'm such a happy-go-lucky guy. I'm such a positive yeah. thinker. I always see the best in people, and in, and I, like I, um, I loved the institution, I, and I looked up to people, right. and um, I could. It took me a long time to, to like summon the courage actually to just even. Um, to even like acknowledge the truth about people. Like people were behaving in yeah. ways that they were telling me who they were by their behavior. Right. And I just was well, like, no, it, I don't believe it. I, th- I really want to put this person on a pedestal. And it was that. Yeah. Like to see people behaving in ways that are hypocritical or unjust or right. I couldn't, I couldn't even reckon with it. Like how could you get up in the, in the pulpit or in a classroom? How could you say certain things and and portray certain things as being real, but then like I know the and then I see behind I see behind the curtain and I'm like holy yeah. shit like this is corrupt <laughs> yeah like, I I couldn't I don't know it just it I, that is painful yeah. to me like that disillusionment was just mm-hmm. so painful yeah I remember too there was the disillusionment was twofold because you saw that going on with people you had on a pedestal and I remember the day. Because we go, we were going on runs every morning, and getting a yeah. cup of Starbucks. We had long talks, and, yeah, and that, yeah. I mean, that began the the journey because we were just becoming friends. But yeah, I remember exactly the moment I could almost almost quote you, and this has been twenty some years. <laughs> you got a job at that heating and air place, oh, yeah. the HVAC place. Yeah, because you we we both had jobs. We had side jobs because we were didn't have a pot to piss in in seminary, and um just doing our best to try to make ends meet. And um, you you saw these people who cussed and were just oh, real. So foul. Yeah, totally. It, yeah, so foul, <laughs> but yet it made you so happy. You, I know. I, you were like, it, you were almost animated, like, I can't believe it. I, I, I just laugh all the time. I want to be around these people. Yeah. And and they were the bad people. Yeah. And that, that was another, the other side of the disillusionment, because you're like, wait a second, all these bad sinners out here yeah. are really great people and fun to be around and totally. make me laugh. And all these alleged pious, holy people are real jerks, a lot of yeah. them. Many of totally. them. Totally. Yeah. It, yeah, it was a real, I remember... I, for me too, back in seminary days, I did a. I don't know if you remember this in my C's. I think it was my senior year, which is a four-year long 
degree. But um, I did an internship with Phil Manley, who was a chaplain at USC oh, yeah. Medical Center. Um, and, oh, yeah. you know, you had all these rock star people around the church. Oh, so-and-so such a great speaker and such-and-such such is a big rock star. I want to be like them. Here's this guy, Manley, who's just very understated, soft-spoken, a good guy, mm-hmm. a good good guy and um spends every day around the sickest stinkiest situation i mean usc medical center is where people with no insurance homeless people they all show up there Mm -hmm. and i remember him taking us around to the burn unit Mm. to places where i was like i do not want to see this and i saw such compassion and i'm like that was that was revelatory for me because he loved being with the sick and the hurting and then we saw another group that just wanted to be with the squeaky clean, rich, and famous. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? What kind of Christian message is going on here? This is yeah. not adding up at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that yeah, was one totally. along my journey. Yeah, well, it's interesting mm-hmm. because there's. What's interesting is how there's an intellectual component where you're asking the questions, is like putting together the apparatus of like yeah. you know theology or. How, basically just how you how you narrate the world and like you mm-hmm. said is this a is this a satisfying way of narrating reality or not there's that there's that part and then that's there's right. the component of, that's like interpersonal and experiential i mean it's just it's just and, and emotional it's just a very complex reality of sort of going through a, a radical transformation it's interesting yeah. that you make mention that i remember that conversation we must have been somewhere in I know it was dark. It was, it was, yeah. Those were some dark mornings, early mornings. But I remember that. I remember saying that out loud and recognizing it as I was talking. The fact that, like, when I go to work uh, at RSD, Total Control, that that HVAC place, it was. I, I was in. I was in an office. I could hear all these guys over. You know, over over yeah. here. <laughs> They were so damn funny, and I would just like some of yeah. the jokes were just so foul, and I would try like to not laugh, but I'd be like turning my head and like suppressing laughter. I felt like I was being unholy or something. Yeah. You're being and a I, bad boy. I know, and I would I'd be like I'd be going into work, and I never felt stressed. Like I like the guys yeah. were funny. <laughs> um, it was easy going. There were two guys yeah. that would just be at each other's throats, but it didn't bother me. It's like I, I never had to take yeah. it home. But I remember saying that when I go to the seminary building, I get like anxious. My, I get like a, I just like I feel it in my body, like oh, I'm yeah. on, I'm being watched, I'm being monitored, and I don't want to show any cracks. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to slip up, yeah. anything like that. Say anything. Well, we felt that exact same heaviness when we oh, went yeah. back all these years later. It was like, yep. it's hard to describe. It yeah. was oppressive. Yep. It's trauma. God, it's like gosh, your nervous, it's, it's all stored in your nervous mm-hmm. system, like the fear and, um, yeah, fear and guilt and, um, whatever. Yeah. The whole thing. Like what, yeah. like why? Like what, what could even happen? It's not like you're going to get gunned down or they're going to like, lock us up or something like that but it was funny that it was like it was such a fearful right dark experience to go back there it's yeah. just interesting yeah i was thinking about that too yeah that why is it like what are they going to do to us arrest us yeah 
for walking across a parking lot. I mean, it didn't make any sense, but again, it was emotional. It wasn't rational it, because we yeah, felt that right. place and we saw the frustrations on people's faces and the rigidity of, of the place. And it, it, yeah, it was, it's bodily. It, it, it's just emotional bodily and it, it's powerful, man. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I signs and wonders. Yeah. It's just interesting. Um, it's interesting you say that about Phil Manley. Mm-hmm. What it, uh, it's it, what, what what struck me. Um, I remember Samir saying this one time hmm. uh, about the 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 dean at the seminary. He just uh-huh. said, and he didn't even say it in like um, it wasn't accusatory. It wasn't. Right. Um, he wasn't trying to pile on. He just right. said it in a in a very observational because he's he's such a beautiful person, such a beautiful oh. soul, and very gentle, gentle. And he totally. just said, um, "I've never seen him in any conversation not be sarcastic." Wow, just like like mean, <laughs> yeah, you know? and like and like often, and I mean, I saw this a bunch. Often, just kind of being demeaning to people around him. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I've never so so you feel like you're like you're on edge. I don't want I don't want him to be mean to me. I don't want I don't want him to make right. me look like a fool in front of other people. But oh, I never felt yeah. like that going to going to work. Right. Yeah. I never felt that kind oh, of fin- oh, no one's going to put me down. They're like, yeah, happy to see me. Hey, man, what's up? Oh, you know exactly. Well, it was it was all those experiences and all those contradictions that were catalyst in our. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. for me, one of the things for me was reading mm-hmm. outside of the yeah. index, <laughs> the, 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 yeah, the books you're not one. supposed to read. And yeah. I remember the same thing. Um, like, I remember one particular New Testament professor who we, we both experienced, who this, this one of the students, he, he was an Asian student. I can't remember his name, but we were in class, and he said, well, um, what do you think of... Um, Grant Osborne's The Hermeneutical Spiral and his his you know in evangelical culture it made a pretty big splash generally and broadly and he just looked at him with that sarcasm and went hogwash that was all he said hogwash oh, 600 page book <laughs> yeah it's just hogwash it can't be all be hogwash and I, I just kept thinking well I'm definitely going to go read that book yeah. now <laughs> because I want to know you know if you, but yeah, there were just all these internal, and there was a lot of in us cognitive dissonance, yeah, because we were feeling and seeing two different things. On the one hand, yeah. they're saying this, and on the other hand, it's like what? That's yeah, that yeah. just doesn't add up. And I'm the kind of, you know, I mean, my own psychology type or whatever you call it. I, man, I see a contradiction, and I'm ready to scuttle that thing right now. I'm like yeah. that ain't right. That ain't happening. But um. <laughs> I was I was probably more. I almost left the seminary. I remember that my I remember that. or something. I was like, I'm out of here. I hate this place. <laughs> but yeah. hey, had so many credits accrued that I couldn't transfer. It was like, well, what's the point? Just just get me out of here. Yeah. No, you are like that. Uh, I I think that that is what um, that's what I was saying to Allison. That's what felt threatening when we first started running together. Hmm. Um, I guess it must have been late '97. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, when we started running together, it, like you were just trying to get at stuff. Like, you know, why mm-hmm. is why is this and what you know? And I just my my fundamental, and I think that this is part of why um, why things were so traumatizing. Like going through a process of deconstruction. Um, Joe knows I hesitate to call it that. I don't something I don't like <laughs> the term. Um, but having gone through that transformation, um, I think what was particular particularly traumatizing is that I know that for my personality type, my my ultimate desire is to belong, um, mm. and th- and that makes me like a really loyal person and um, like it. One of the things that was traumatizing is that I I have felt. Um, because I've, I, I don't want to go back and I'm not welcome back at like, you know, the institutions that I've passed through that makes me feel homeless. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It makes me feel like I don't belong, which is, um, which that there's like a level of trauma and pain to that. Um, yeah. But what was so, yeah, this is why our conversations oftentimes to me felt so threatening. Um, (laughs) Because it was like, uh, I know that there's a contract. I know that that doesn't add up. <laughs> but you're not supposed to like I I I've drank the Kool Aid and I want to I want to be yeah. able to stay here. I think that that's one of the reasons why people avoid, um, yeah. sort of like pathways of health and pursuing happiness and wholeness and what's be- what's oh, yeah. in their best interest is because it's like if you actually do camp on that contradiction or you point that out that hypocrisy or whatever you know where that is going to lead oh yeah like you, like you the, the message is sent you are going to be booted you know there's yeah. going to be you're going to be put out of the synagogue well either way you're going to end up away from that you're going to end up yeah. alone you're going to end up whether you choose to do it or whether you get kicked out um i, yeah. I think in some ways that's the to use a broad maybe it's even a cliche the, the battered wife syndrome yeah. You know, yeah, you you, just, you you fear being alone more than you fear the abuse that you're taking. Yeah. Um uh, so you you choose to I don't know, go on in yeah. in what you know is not right or contradictory or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's what keeps people in toxic cultures, mm, keeps yeah. people in toxic relationships. Um, totally does. And just cuz of like fear of you know, you know where this is going. But yeah. I, I I know that that was that was the case for me um, in the late '90s, and that is like, um, and then having to have a whole range of really uncomfortable conversations, like with my thesis advisor, yeah. other authority figures, you know, that sort of wanted they want to know like why why you know what's wrong with you, why you gotta yeah. you know why are you asking so many dangerous questions or why are you thinking why are you reading all that dangerous literature or whatever yeah and you get some distance and you look back and go dangerous what unbelievable that's like really low level not yeah (laughs) that big a deal but um no it's interesting also oh go ahead no um well i was just gonna say and like you're you're a little bit few years younger than i am but um, I was just thinking how I on my walk, how absurd it is 
in some ways, that we make life-altering decisions before our frontal lobes have even developed fully. Like you said 25, that's about when the frontal lobe develops, but then you'd already made, I mean, commitments and it's like, whoa. I two kids. Steady as she goes. Yeah. She's like across the country. Yeah. I mean, totally, man. All kinds of decisions that are big, big time. And, um, yeah. I mean, and it's not the fault of him. I mean, we all do it, but uh, gee whiz, <laughs> yeah, it's really it's a lot to overcome when you get, yeah. and then you, and that also contributes to the feeling when you're talking about the overwhelming trauma of it. You're like, I'm stuck because given given different narratives that you've embraced or inherited, you're like, there is no way out. So I might as well not even go there yeah. with my thinking. I'm just gonna buck up and yeah plow on and misery really if you get if you're really honest about it and um yeah gosh it's, it's it really does strike me as absurd but um yeah. yeah i was telling i was sharing my story with someone um several years ago i mean i, I told you about this and uh and they were telling me I see where you're going and I see what like I can I can track with everything that you're saying and I can I recognize it. Um I just can't go there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know. For yeah, whatever right. reason. And I I I yeah. I don't pass any judgment on that. I I feel like everyone has to make their own peace with that and it's like if you want to if if you are the kind that can stay in and um I think there are people that just that uh, are not bothered um, yeah, by the kind of things that bother you and me, and, yeah, uh, and, and they can yeah. they can abo- they value more highly the belonging or whatever sense of belonging that they have, and that's yeah. okay, you know. Yeah, but like okay. for me, it was like once once your eyes once my eyes were open to certain realities, I could mm-hmm. not unsee it. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't. You know, and for me, the me liminal either. space was the hardest. Like, yeah. um, when I left there in 2000 and went to St. Andrews, it was like, I mean, I was, I was in a new geographical location, but like ideologically I hadn't felt like I landed, you know, and I didn't know yeah. what was what I didn't know, you know, where I was or where I belonged yeah. or where I should be, where I mm-hmm. ought to be. Didn't even, I didn't even have a proper like set of language for figuring out where I was actually, now that I think about it. Someone gave me it was it was Julie uh Canlis. She gave me um or she told me I got it. She told me about Brian McLaren's book, A New Kind of Christian. I, I, was, I read it um and I I remember um just being it was really emotionally overwhelming just reading that because it sort of named exactly mm-hmm. where I felt I was like in this, like in, in, in that in between phase of reckoning that like, I cannot go back and, but I don't know what, what, where yeah. I'm going necessarily. Yeah. I remember that actually that phase in, <clears throat> I think shortly thereafter I read the book, but you know, um, yeah, I feel like there's uh, better language nowadays. And I feel like, I feel like the way that he uh, configured things was fine. It was satisfying for us time because it actually named my experience. Um, yeah. But 
I think over time I've tried to, you know, uh, I mean, you've done this as well. It's like, I, I want, I want my own language. I think this is why we love right. words and language so much because it's like, I want to come up with my own language mm-hmm. to name my experience for myself because language that I had, as, as I cast about and kind of found a different sort of experimented with words and, and expressions and descriptions, I, I wasn't totally satisfied yeah. with everything that I was, um, everything that I had found to that point. Um, I think that's one reason why I don't like the word deconstruction. Maybe this is just me being petty. Maybe I don't like it because I didn't choose it or other someone else <laughs> chose it. I don't know. Um, but like when you said, you had said at one point, you know, that was about the time that my supernatural worldview collapsed. I remember you used that word, collapsed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I thought that's a great description of it. Yeah. That's a great description yeah. of, of, of you narrating your experience. And, and you can understand the trauma of that. Yeah. Yeah. Lo- yeah. Words. Yeah. Language and metaphors. And, and it's so great it, because we do. We, we want to find our own voice. We want to find our own communicative. We don't. What drove us nuts is now that you say that. Yeah, I had a I had a friend recently who just said, "So when did your snow globe burst?" Oh yeah, <laughs> you know that's really funny, you know, because yeah. it's like, yep, the whole thing comes apart, the whole universe falls apart, and now you got to start reconstructing yeah. the ground you stand on, and it <laughs> not easy. But um, why it it chapped my hide in seminary? I mean, it made me angry. Mm-hmm. If I'm to be honest. When I would, I would, yeah, we had we had to take these classes, Ugh. and one of them was homiletics. Well, it, well, homiletics, and then one was preaching class. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. We had to get up there and give a kind of like a fake sermon to a bunch of knuckleheads who were sitting there giving other fake sermons. Yeah, and you were evaluated on this. You were graded on this, and yeah. you know. So I put my heart and soul into it. Like I did everything. I mean, I I want to I want to perform well in everything yeah, I do. Totally. I, I don't, yeah. a B is unthinkable for me yeah. in, in a class. To earn a B is mm. absolutely unacceptable. Yeah. So you can do everything you can to get the hoil in that sermon. The hoil. <laughs> but what the thing that drove me crazy was yeah. Um. I worked super hard to come up with an original sermon oh, with original yeah. words, yeah. original illustrations for yeah. my own life, like things that were true, things that were congruent, the whole nine yards. And then there were a couple of people who basically just pirated sermons of somebody mm-hmm. they revered mm-hmm. and basically almost verbatim read them. Yeah. And I was like, because I go overboard, I've read every damn one of those commentaries, and I know every word in there. And you're yeah. pirating this; you're plagiarizing. Is what yeah, you're doing. Totally. And it, is plagiarism. it made me made me really mad. And I said it in one class, and and everybody's like, "Oh, well, you know, uh, I don't 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 be too hard on them." I'm like, "This is bullshit. <laughs> you right. are. It ain't right." It's because I want original language, I want to I want to speak from my heart yeah. with my own words. And um, yeah, that was another thing that just <laughs> made you go crazy. But 
part of the journey. Part yeah. of the journey. Yeah, signs and wonders. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's. Um, I think that that's a feature of like um, of a toxic culture. Because I mean, I know I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and it's like if if people are connected, um, injustices yeah. just get a free pass. Oh yeah. And if somebody's not connected to the right people, um, I mean, some, sometimes yeah, sometimes they get their ass handed to them, and it's like I think that is what I think that is what killed me. Um, I think you know, uh, just having such a soft heart for people and watching mm-hmm. people get hurt yeah. by the system. Yeah. Um, and I think if, I mean, one, one really valuable lesson, I'm just so grateful for my dad for, um, teaching and modeling mm-hmm. is that, you know, no matter how, uh, no matter what kind of social status he had, he always, um, he always, he, he hated it. I mean, you're like this. He hated mm-hmm. it when little people were sort of like, you know, mistreated by somebody who yeah. could, who could afford to mistreat a little person yeah and Bullies. he would go out yeah and he would go out of his way that didn't matter um uh, what social status somebody else had i mean he he valued people yeah. um i'm talking about him in the past tense he's still around he values people yeah, I mean, yeah. that, that less the lesson was in the past yeah. tense but that that right. killed me about being in that culture that was supposed to be um yeah you know god's culture and right. man, how could how could people just go around mistreating other people? I couldn't yeah, I could... couldn't handle that kind of stuff. And then equally uh, traumatizing to me was like I in here oh, I was thinking this morning about the village that film that M Night Shyamalan oh, yeah. film because uh-huh. it's so so well described that exactly this dynamic. And it was a I remember paradigm. Yeah, totally. I re- I remember being told so often, you know, leave this environment, go to some other kind of an environment, go to a wider university, go to a secular university to study biblical studies or theology. All this stuff is going to happen to you. You're going to go liberal. Or they're going to come after you or it's going to be a hostile environment or whatever. And I met the most gracious, gentle, yeah. caring people. Uh, people, you know, some of them were confessional some of them were mm-hmm. not had no attachment at all to any kind of Christian tradition, but they were just yeah. good people, gentle, really good kind, people, yeah. compassionate, had had a heart for justice. And I'm just like, yeah, this, yeah, I could not factor that. Yeah. It was like that girl at the very end of the village yeah. when she gets over the wall and meets that that outsider, and she's like confused because there's like right. he, she says, uh, "Your there's kindness in your voice." Yeah, it and it's like, like what? Yeah, just a human. What's the deal? Why is that? A, why is that revolutionary? Well, it also that's also what adds to that trauma you're talking about because it's like what? Okay, I've been lied to about this. Yeah, how many things is the whole thing totally. all the way down a lie? Mm-hmm. Well, pretty far, pretty far down, yeah, pretty far down. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that is um I think that is what that's how I would have that's how I have narrated it. I was lied to. I was lied to about uh about life and about relationships and about 
God and about um, Christian realities mm-hmm. and um, and what people are like. And it, it, it resulted in a lot of woundedness for me and for people that I love and care about. And um, yeah, it's... Uh, that's how I would put it, and I and I'm happy saying that. I'm 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 happy with how I formulated that. I, I was lied to, yeah. And um, putting that in like sort of a passive uh, voice and owning it for myself without without feeling any necessity to accuse people of lying to me because I think right. it's I've always tried to separate um, the people like the 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 individual actors in my own story. From because I because I do want to have compassion and understanding for them, yeah. uh, from the larger narrative, and the and the institutional realities that press people to sort of act from their worst selves. But I know mm-hmm. the the payoff was I was deceived, and I banked right. on a lot of things being true, and I I built my life on a lot of things being true, and I got I got burned. Yeah, and that just sucks. But um, it does. I have to say, you know, I am just, I'm thrilled with where I currently am located in my own narrative and um, celebrate that. Um, yeah. But man, it's it's really, it just, just this last week, it was just interesting um, with Allison asking about that. Yeah. And then, and then asking, you know, about pivotal turning points and that kind of thing. It was just, it's interesting to to have revisited that and to have thought through um, some of the things that you observed and shared about uh, where when our story uh, was mm-hmm. joined there in L.A. At the, in the late 90s. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's just interesting. I, I, I figured it would be kind of fun to talk about, but then also um, I think it's helpful for a lot of other people who um, – because I've, I've been surprised at how many, like, how many emails I will have gotten about that. that yeah. Um, that it's – that it's satisfying to actually hear that the process is very lonely. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then also just expressing like how, how difficult it is to go through any kind of a transformation or when you, when you have, when you're part of a Christian culture that is um, profoundly unsatisfying um, and no, you know, at best and at worst um, unjust it's uh, to see through that or to, to be able to, to have the capacities to name all of that, but then to be stuck with the existential questions of like, well, what do you do about it? That's just a yeah. very lonely place to be. And it's, it's not yeah. easy to navigate it. No, sir. Yeah. I've been told by more than people. one. Yeah. I've been told by a couple of people who have been through our journey. We, I should start a support group podcast for people because there's so many out there. Um, God help you if you ask questions, if you have an artistic inclination oh, yeah. or given to literature and the liberal arts, you yeah, buckle up. Yeah. Buckle up. Yeah, it's interesting. So I, I haven't thought about it that way, but like, yeah, evangelical culture is basically a culture for STEM people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I, know. I mean, right. obviously there are all kinds of people yeah. that are in STEM careers and that kind of stuff. I wouldn't want yeah. to finish them. But man, yeah, if you are an artist or we'll appreciate beauty and art and all of that, you're just, it's just a hard place to be because it's just, <laughs> it has to, it has to lack beauty by like the design yeah. of it because right. it is basically, because evangelical culture is more or less 
consumer culture uh, in yeah. every way, um, it's it it lacks beauty. It's it's so filled with kitsch and cutesy little kind of things. I just was thinking about like the proliferation of like church signs, like these these stupid <sighs> little. I, it just drives me bananas. Like, what is the yeah. intended effect? Or Don texted me some crazy thing yesterday. It was, it was, he was asking what, what is the deal with the evangelical proclivity for puppets? <laughs> puppets, <laughs> crazy. God, that is just bananas. Those kind of questions. Well, yeah, bananas. Support group. Cool, man. Thanks, brother. Always.